Welcome to the Wild Arrow Outdoors podcast. Our goal is to help educate people on all aspects of archery while at the same time. Learn some new information from some of our outstanding guests. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wild Arrow Outdoor Podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us. And uh, first, we'll start with introductions. I am Steve, and with me is my buddy, Joe. How are we doing, Joe? Hey, Steve. Doing great. How are you today? Good, man. Kicking off the new year, 2024, and it's uh, it's, it's, it's time to get rolling here. So Yeah, happy new year. We're going to start off with our, yeah, it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. Archery uh, competition season's right around the corner. Hunting season's about to wrap up for us. It's going to be a whole new page. For sure, for sure. All right, so uh, with us today, we have a special guest, um, Ayla Smolicombe. And uh, Joe, if you would want to get into the introduction part of this. and Yeah, pretty excited to uh, to talk to Ayla today um, and just kind of hear what she has to say. But uh, just, a, just a quick little introduction. So uh, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm biased here. Ayla is my oldest child. Uh, but Ayla had a particularly breakthrough season here in 2023. So just I'm just going to run down a, a little bit of a list here of, of her 23 season. Um, uh, she took second place in the under 21 division at the uh, Indoor Nationals, USA Archery Indoor Nationals. Uh, she uh, also took first place uh, women's bow hunter team. Uh, outdoor Nationals, she was seventh place. Um, she made the USA All-American team for women's bow hunter. She was also the USA Academic All-American. Uh, in the USAT, uh, number four, the Buckeye Classic, she took first place in the fixed pins women under 21 division. Uh, Mid-South Conference, uh, she took an individual gold medal in uh, 3D, collegiate 3D outdoor. Uh, in uh, Mid-South Conference women's team gold medal. Uh, USA Collegiate 3D Nationals uh, in Foley. Uh, she took the individual gold medal, the women's team gold medal, and a mixed team silver medal. Uh, also in 2023, she dabbled into uh, the ASA Open class. She shot women's K40, which was the first time Ayla put the long bars and a lens on. So that was a big change for her. Um, and she took... She wasn't able to shoot the full circuit, but uh, she took fourth at Metropolis. Uh, she had a top 10 finish in at Minden uh, and uh, shot just shot really well, you know, uh, in, in a, it was a big jump, right? Going from uh, a division, uh, there's, there's typically what, anywhere from 60 to 80, 80 women shooting in that class. So it's a salty, that's a salty group. So to throw a couple of top 10 finishes in there, her first go around, I think was, you know, says a lot about um, kind of where she's at. But um, obviously there's a big story behind how she got to 2023, but um, I, I uh, just, I can't wait to hear her version of the story. I have mine, but uh, I'm going to stop talking now. But uh, welcome, Ayla, and thanks for for coming and talking to us today. Happy to be here. So this is awesome. So all these accomplishments that you just read off, Joe, those are all just from the 2023 competition season. Yes, sir. That is incredible. I knew we had a superstar with us, but I didn't realize that you'd actually. Uh, 
had done so well in so many different competitions. So Ayla, yeah, we were excited to have you here. <laughs> Hopefully we can uh, talk to you a little bit here and get in your brain and figure out what makes you such a superstar champion. Well, let's start at the very beginning. How did you get started into archery? How old were you? What did you do? And let's just start at the very beginning of it. Oh, gosh. It seems like so long ago now. But um, my dad had always shot the IBO circuit when I was young. And uh, I think when I was in about preschool is when he got his first bow. I remember being there at the Lancaster uh, archery supply store, just standing there at the counter with him as he's, like, making his first bow purchase. And I had always been kind of fascinated by it. So I think by the time I was like six or seven, dad had gone ahead and got my brother and I a bow to share. And, you know, as young kids, you don't really like, you're just kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, yeah, I'll go out and shoot with dad, you know, try something different, do something fun. And so we kind of did that like on and off again. And so when I was about 10 or 11 years old, we had found this place back in Pennsylvania. It's called the Heritage Guild. And dad had found this spot. It was a rifle range and archery range. And so on weekends, dad and I would go up there for a couple hours and just shoot. Again, not really thinking much of it, but I was like, you know, this is something that I'm really interested in. You know, I think this could be something really fun kind of jump ahead to 2014 big change in my life and our whole family we uh we moved to North Dakota from Pennsylvania and that was that was that was a very hard move for me I think looking back on it just because it was something so different but um as we moved out here you know we found Nishu Bowman here in Bismarck and kind of made the decision I was like you know this is something this is something I really want to do and I remember dad being like you know if you're serious about this we'll we'll set you up but I want to know I want you to be sure that you're serious about doing this and I'm like yes this is this is what I want to do so then I remember we went down to Shields got my first like hunting slash competition bow I guess it was a Hoyt Vixen and it was a small bow, but it was a good it was a good starter bow for all the things that I wanted to do. And um, I shot a lot of the local stuff that they would have at Nishu. Um, and then I later on, Dad and I would start going out on scouting trips, and then eventually doing some hunting in there. But competing and traveling to competitions was something that I found a lot more appealing. Um, and so what age so, are we talking now where you actually started doing some of the local competitions? Uh, I want to say 12 or 13. I was starting to okay. still in that middle school age, still kind of dabbling here and there. But my freshman year of high school was when I kind of realized that, you know, I, this is what I want to do. This is I want to compete and I, I want to get my name out there. And collegiate archery had always been kind of in the back of my mind of, you know, hey, it would be really cool if I went to college and was able to shoot in college. But I wouldn't 
at the time I was also kind of like, you know, I wouldn't be heartbroken necessarily if it wasn't in the cards for me, but it would just be that much more cool if I could, you know, do archery in college. And so my sophomore year of high school, my dad and I had gone to the Paris, Texas ASA and it was our first ever ASA we had gone to. And it was kind of hard to believe. I was like, you know, ASA is like, I'd never really heard of them. I'd only ever been familiar with the IBO circuit that dad had traveled on back in Pennsylvania. And so it was going to be a new so experience for, for everybody Oprah. that's not familiar. The, the ASA is the Archery Shooters Association. It's a, it's a 3D competition. They have different uh, age categories and different uh, bow types of, of categories for all the competitors. So when, when you start talking about ASA, I just want to make sure everybody understands that we are talking about 3D archery competitions. Yeah. So we go to Paris, Texas for the ASA, and that that was very surreal for me. It was anything and everything that I had never been put in before as far as, like, a competition. You know, I'm just a girl from North Dakota that's used to just – going to like center North Dakota on a weekend and shooting Reinhardt targets and just being with my dad and spending time with him. Like, and that was also something that was a really big change too, is that, you know, dad and I at all these local competitions had been able to shoot together. And now you're putting me in this pool of girls, my age with dad, not there. And so it was definitely a big adjustment, but after shooting that ASA and really learning the ropes of it, but also just seeing how many people that I could compete against and could push me was really cool. And that was where I had met Madison Cox for the first time. Um, I think she was, want to say she was either a junior or senior in high school when I had met her at that shoot, but we were shooting in the same class, but that was where I had met her for the first time. And I joke about it with her now because I'll have some like pictures that'll pop up from that tournament. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, do you literally remember this of all the girls we shot with in that class? But the class that I had shot at that tournament, I believe, was um, it was the young adult pin class. And at that time, it was only a 30 yard max or it was high school pins. Sorry, it was high school pins and it was only a 30 yard max. But for me, you know, I, I'd been used to shooting 40 yards at some of these other tournaments and, but I really had no expectation of how I was going to do. Cause I'm like, I'm the new kid on the block here. Like, this is not in my wheelhouse. This is not what I'm used to going from shooting Reinhardt's to now shooting Delta McKenzie's. It's like a whole new system of targetry that you're trying to figure out. And it's like, you know, if I can just shoot anywhere near even, I'm going to have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> you recall how you so, finished up on that tournament score wise or where you ranked or anything? I want to say, I, I think I finished, I think I finished even both rounds, if not Good. maybe two down. Well, I have but, the, um, the, the other part of that story too is so, you know, first, first ASA tournament, you know, dipping our toe into a bigger pond. Um, and I'll never forget this. So uh, we signed up to shoot the team. You know how um, you know how at all the ASA tournaments they have the team event, um, and so we signed up for that. And of course, Ayla and I were on different teams. 
but she got paired up with um, Connie Calloway. And, you know, Connie Calloway, she's, she's a legend. Let's, you know, let's face it. Like she's awesome. I love Connie and everybody loves Connie. Um, but I remember, uh, Ayla's team won. So her very first experience at the very first ASA, she's on a podium with Connie Calloway getting paid. And I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. Connie, um, I met up with Ayla as we were both coming off the range and Connie, Ayla was walking off with Connie. And Connie pulled me aside and she just said, that girl's got something special. If, if, if she keeps working at it, she said, she's got, she's got what it takes. She's a, she's a great little shooter, you know, and coming from anybody else to be like, Hey, you know, that's really nice. Thank you. You know, you always love to hear compliments about your kid. Right. But when Connie Calloway tells you that your kid's got something, I was like, right. that hit me like a freight train. I'm like, Ooh, all right. Well, okay then. Yeah, so, and I can remember who was in the group. It was me, Connie Calloway, Dylan Childers, and Tara Timmerman, which Tara Timmerman runs the Texas ASA Federation down there, her and her husband, Brad. Awesome people. I enjoy seeing both of them all the time at all the tournaments. And their son, Will, um, actually just signed with Lindsey Wilson College, and so he'll be there in the fall. So that was really cool. But yeah, no, the first ASA experience, it, I took it as just a big win altogether. I mean, I may not have shot, you know, at the top of the class, like all the other girls, but you know, it was just to have that experience. I was like, I, I said to dad, I was like, dad, I, I really like shooting these and it's the chance of winning money back. So, you know, kids are just like, you know, where can I win money and where can I win the most of it? <laughs> So it's like yeah, let dad pay the entry fee and you can win 30 bucks. Or <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And so after we had gotten back, I was like, that was the point where I was like, you know, this is something that I really need to work for. You know, if I, if I want to be at the top of the class, like Madison Cox and some of these other girls, it's like, I need to bust my butt and put the work in. But here it's so hard because we shoot the Reinhardt targets, you know, we don't we don't have the Delta McKenzie's to practice on. But at this point in time, for me, I was like any 3D practice or any practice I can get shooting 3D targets is good practice. I'm like, I, you know, we'd shoot the team shoot down there when we'd get to the tournament. So I'm like, you know, if I can just practice on 3D targets at home get used to my pin gaps, get used to everything. And then when we get down here is when I'll go and shoot a bunch of rounds and try to get used to and familiar with the Delta McKenzie's. So it was kind of hard in that sense, just because you have different aim points you're trying to, you know, mess around with and trying to figure out. Well, touch on that for a second. Cause there's probably people listening that may not understand the difference. They may think that a 3d target is a 3d target. So just touch on that a little bit of what you find are the biggest differences or what makes it more complicated to switch back and forth. Well, the biggest difference between the Reinhardts and the Deltas, so with the Reinhardt targets, you have just a 12 ring, a 10, an 8, and then your 5, right? On the Deltas, you're throwing a bunch of different rings. So within your 10 ring, you've got three rings. You've got your upper 12, your center 10, and then your lower 12. And it's like in a diagonal line. 
pointing towards the head of the animal. So depending on how they have it faced is where it's going to, where the rings are going to lie. But, you know, with the deltas. So when you're gunning for points, it's, it's your aim point is going to be so different. You know, a deer target is not just a deer target. We just aim the same spot on all of them. For sure, yeah. That's the other part that some people don't get either is when you're shooting 3D, you don't really aim at that target like you would in a hunting situation. Oh, absolutely not. No, you're kind of aiming all over the place. And so it it really plays mind tricks with you because it's like, this is not where I would be aiming on an animal of this size, of this nature. Like, And so um, that's what kind of makes 3D more fun for me is because it's – there's a variety of different animals you're aiming at, you know, there's just, there's just a lot more interesting factors to throw into it too. But going back to kind of the scoring, I mean, there's so many rules and like technicalities just between the two targets. I mean, you've got your lower 12 that's in play all the time, but then you can call the upper 12 and it comes out of play. And so there's just a lot of pieces to that puzzle, but um, it definitely is kind of an adjustment going from, the Reinhardts to the Deltas, but if you can, if you can figure out your different aim points, I mean, you've got it, you've got it down. And so, but that was, that was always a big adjustment, especially living here and primarily only shooting Reinhardts, having to go down there and be like, okay, well, I got to remember how to shoot on a Delta target now. It's like, and then over time, I mean, as Ayla and I ran, and got more experience with ASA, I started buying targets. So we, we ended up driving to several tournaments. Uh, and whenever I had a chance, I would try to buy a new target to bring home. So I, I started a little collection. I, I don't have a full range, but I would try to buy, obviously I would started with some of the smaller ones just cause they fit in the car better. <laughs> you know, they were a little easier to transport, but, um, you know, I would try to get the targets that gave us the most grief, you know, the ones that were most visually intimidating out on the ranges to get those in the backyard so we could see them more and just shoot at them more and then and, and try to build that confidence. But, um, talk, Ayla, talk a little bit about, um, you know, the COVID the COVID interruption, I guess, in your career, because that was the thing, you know, we got rolling on ASAs and we both loved shooting them. We had a blast going to them. Uh, but then COVID hit and there was kind of a blip there. Yeah. Gosh, COVID. (laughs) Um, so (laughs) my junior year of high school, you know, dad and I were, we had this whole, we had the year planned out. Dad and I were going to hit the ASAs. We were going to run the circuit. Like, we had the plans all mapped out, ready to go, just taking it month by month and just prepping and getting ready. Well, we went to Foley. That was the first time, actually, we had gone to the Foley ASA. I fell in love with it. I That is my favorite tournament of the year. Anytime we get to go down to Foley, I always try to like figure out ways to spend time within the city down in Foley, spend time on the beach, like just love it. So then so we we're get talking back. February of 2020. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so <clears throat> it was also a great time of year for us to go down to Foley because it was in the negative degrees here. It was cold. It was snowy. It was just icky up here and so beautiful down there. So it was a great, it was a great break from the snow and the cold and everything. But so we got back from Foley and, you know, 
still prepping, still doing some leagues. Um, and then I remember I was sitting in chemistry class and some of the guys were talking about how, you know, countries were shutting down because COVID was just overtaking them. And they were all asking, you know, what, would we ever get out of school? You know, would they ever, would they ever just tell us to go home and not come back until everything was, you know, settled down? And I was like, guys, we live in Bismarck, North Dakota. There's no shot we don't come back to school. Like, there, out of all the states in the United States, North Dakota was just not going to be the one in my mind to shut down and fold with the pandemic. And so we were coming up on spring break in March. And, you know, we had spring break. Well, after that, they told us not to come back to school. And I was just like, there's just no way. Like, this can't be happening. And then everything just shut down. Everything got canceled. We were at home 24-7. I wasn't working. So it was, it was honestly surreal that everything just shut down and stopped. Um, tournaments weren't happening. Leagues weren't happening. Couldn't even leave your house, really. Couldn't go, couldn't go to Walmart. I mean, everything was just shut down and done, canceled, delayed, whatever you, whatever it has. But so that for me really, really shut me down as a shooter, um, there wasn't anything motivating me. There wasn't anything to work towards in my mind. And so I, I kind of hung the bow up for that time. I really took a step back. I didn't really shoot a lot. I really just, I took a break. I, I took a break from the sport and just really kind of evaluated everything at that time, I guess. I, but I also just wasn't motivated at that time because there wasn't any tournaments to push towards. There wasn't anything to look forward to at the time. And so I just, I took a break and it was a good year. It was a good year break. I'd yeah, say it was, it was, it was pushing a year. I don't know if it was quite a year, but I, I just remember it, you know, as we were getting into like December of that year and you know, Ayla's, you know, going to be graduating soon. And, you know, we just kind of had a little come to Jesus meeting because, you know, we were getting in December, you know, now we're starting to come up on that next ASA season. And I, and I told her, I, I, I remember this, like it was yesterday, we were actually driving to the range in the truck. And I just said, you know, I don't know, we hadn't really talked about the upcoming season, but, you know, Ayla hadn't touched her bow in months. And I just said, I, you know, as, as fun as these ASA tournaments are, it's incredibly expensive to try to get there from here, right? There's just no easy way for, for us to get there, right? You're talking airfare or really long car rides, hotels, entry fees, food, all the stuff, you know, by the time it's all said and done, it's, it's easy to spend 1500 bucks to, uh, to get to one of these tournaments for us. And I said, you know, I, I can't, I just can't justify the expense because you haven't put in the work. I said, you know, all your competition that you'll be showing up to shoot against, they've been shooting arrows right along here the whole time. And you're, you're just, you're, you know, your, your game's not going to be where it needs to be to be competitive. And so there's, 
you know, as much as I like to go, it just doesn't make sense. And so, um, and she understood, you know, she was like, yeah, I get it. You know, it's, I, you know, it's, it is what it is. And, and so at that point in time, when she was thinking about going to college, um, she had kind of just said, well, you know, the fact that at that time, all the college courses were still being done virtually, everybody was just doing virtual stuff. And so she was going to stay here local in North Dakota and just go to a local school and do the virtual online classes and so forth. And, uh, and, uh, and then, and then she got an email, I think, was it a was it an email or a text? No, it was a Facebook. It was a Facebook message. Yeah. So we, at that point, I really had some choices to make, you know, I pick up the bow, start shooting again, or, you know, just call it quits, still shoot here and there, but just travel with dad when I could. Well, then we were, we had a day off from school in March I remember this like it was yesterday. It was a, we had this random day off in March and I was just sitting in my living room working on my research paper for English class. And then all of a sudden I get this long message on my phone from Cody Kirby. Let's see if I can't pull it up. But anyways, he messaged me. And had asked if I was interested in shooting college archery. If I wanted, if I had wanted college or archery to pay for my college. And I was like, heck yeah. I was like, if, if I can shoot in college and really not have to pay much out of pocket, I was like, heck yeah. And so I, I literally sent dad a screenshot of this message and I remember dad just texting back, make the call. <laughs> Good and, advice. And so I texted Cody back right away and I was like, absolutely, I am interested and let me send you my resume. So this is this is the message that Cody had sent me. It was March 2nd of 2021 at 123 in the afternoon. He says, hello, Ayla. I'm Coach Kirby from Union College in Kentucky. I am reaching out to you because I'm very interested in having you become of our varsity, becoming a part of our varsity archery program at Union. Based on your registration and young adult female pins last summer, I know you were in high school last season, but that doesn't tell me much about when you graduate. If you are interested at all in having archery help pay for your college education, I would love to speak to you more. I hope to hear from you soon. And I was going, I literally stopped what I was doing, working on my paper. And I was like, there's just no way this ha just happened. I was like, this, this is a sign. I was like, well, that was a message. If anybody, if that was a message, yeah. that was a message that changed everything. Every, everything, Ayla's, yeah. Ayla's, Ayla's archery career was kind of, that was, that was the uh, the lighting of the candle, if 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 you will, um, because after after Cody reached out to her, we had to have another come to Jesus meeting, right? That was another okay. So now we've we've missed Foley. We had we had bailed on Foley for that season, and I told Ayla, I said, you know, you you have to make you have to make a decision here. This is your call. I said, if 
if you want to go down this path, you have to be committed because now it's not, yeah, you're going to be shooting as an individual, but now you're going to be part of a team, right? And that team is going to have expectations and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're not just shooting for yourself and you have to put in the work. Like you can't, you know, you can't go halfway here. You're either in or you're not. It's binary. There, there is no middle ground here. If you're going to do this, I will support it. And I know that's going to come at a cost, but I'm willing to bear the cost if you're willing to do the work. And so you just have to decide. And, uh, and she was, I mean, that just lit, lit a new fire. And so there was a, a period of what I'll call a little bit of a scramble. You know, we had to get her we had to get her gear kind of updated a little bit. Um, had to obviously had to get her back on the range and shooting. Um, and uh, we jumped back in the ASAs. We 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 started. It was a pivot. It was just a big pivot to get her back into the competition. But but I, I want to note the reason that that's how Cody found her in the first place. And I think it's important for people to know, like. You know, Ayla shot for years and years locally in, in the state, and she had a lot of great success in that. But I knew that if she wanted to have the, have the opportunity to go further, we had to get her name out there. And that's how Cody found her was through the ASA, through her ASA scores. And so, um, you know, there's, there's multiple paths that you can, I guess, get your kid's name out there. But the ASA was critical to Ayla's early archery career to, to create a name for herself and to create uh, a record uh, on a national level, right? You know, shooting locally is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, and Steve, you can probably talk to this a little bit too, right? I mean, as a coach, you know, you have to, you have to have um, these different, um, the, the the pool you know yeah, it's hard it's hard to find a kid that that shoots local tournaments only you know and again it, you know i i coach at a college but we're a thousand whatever thousand miles away from where you guys are at and if you guys only shoot local tournaments i never would have even seen her name right and then i i, I missed the boat too is it you know because the same time that that my college team was just getting started was about a month after that text message you just read. So, you know, a, a month after that, I'm scrambling trying to find kids to be on my team. And, you know, so we, we did the same thing when we we're going to restart our team is jumped online, started looking at some of the big tournaments, you know, some of the, the big USA archery tournaments, you know, indoor, we look at ASA scores and just start doing the exact same thing. Yep. You know, so, so the, the coach did a phenomenal job of recruiting. Yeah. And that's, so I guess that's the message I want the parents out there to hear is, if, if you have a kid that loves archery and they like to compete and, and you, you want to give them the opportunity to potentially get recruited in, in the years, you know, the, you, you want to get them out there and get them that national level experience, whether it's IBO, which is the international bow hunters organization that typically runs in the, uh, in the Northeast. It's big up in the Northeast. You've got the ASA, the Archery Shooters Association, that runs mostly kind of down south um, uh, in multiple states in the south and, and central part of the U.S. USA Archery, uh, NFAA, 
right? All of these national level tournaments, um, if you if you you look, it's you can usually find something that's nearby you. But if you get your kids involved in one of those bigger organizations, it can really open a lot of doors because that's where the coaches are going to look for names. That's where coaches look, but it's also very important as a, as a parent or even as the athlete yourself, send those emails to coaches. You know, I don't have time to, I can only speak for myself right now, but I don't have time to sit down and, and read every score from every tournament that goes on around the country. But when I get an email from somebody like, Hey, here's my resume. Here's where I've been shooting. Here's where I'm at. Here's my scores. That, that says a lot too. It also shows uh, motivation on the students side of yeah. So anyway, let's yes. get back into your story here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we get. So to, you got a, you got a you got a message from a college coach. So. Yeah. So that that really jump started a lot of things, and at that point, you know, after Dad and I had had that conversation, I was like, "This is this is what needs to happen. This is what's gonna." this is where I need to be. Like, this is, this is, if this is not just a sign in your face to just not jump on this, then I don't know what is like, it couldn't have been a bigger sign just right in my face at a more perfect time. And so from that point on, we had, I had emailed Cody, my resume. I had applied for admissions at union college And from that point on, like after he had looked at my resume, he had sent me another message saying that I would be a very strong addition to the women's pins team at Union and that he thought I would be a perfect fit. And then from that point on, we set up a virtual meeting. We kind of talked, talked about, you know, what the program was, what he had to offer. And then after that, you know, I sent my FAFSA in, signed up for all that financial aid stuff. And then a couple days later, I was getting a scholarship offer on the table to shoot for Union. And I just, it all happened so fast, but it couldn't have asked for a better time for it to have happened. I mean, we're, we're knocking on graduation's door here in March, you know, like I'm graduating in May, like if this is going to happen, it needs to happen like yesterday kind of thing, but it all worked out and we were able to get everything sorted out. And by the time graduation rolled around, I knew where I was going and that I wasn't going to be in North Dakota in the fall. So, yeah, that was a big pivot for, (laughs) that was a big pivot for mom and I too, right? Cause here we were kind of going down the track that she was going to be going to school locally and, you know, um, you know, Ayla and I uh, were always kind of, kind of connected at the hip. You know, when when Ayla was in high school, um, we both got level two certified in, with USA Archery as as instructors, and um, we started teaching classes here locally uh, through our Bismarck Parks and Rec. So Ayla and I did tag team um, coaching. Um, it was an intermediate archery class that we taught, and. Um, you know, we did that for several years, which was really fun for me to watch Ayla kind of evolve in that role. You know, as when we first started teaching classes, she was kind of there as a helper. She helped me watch the line and stuff, but she, you know, was, was kind of quiet and, you know, she would, um, you know, the little girls were always, uh, the little girls always gravitated towards her, which was cool. But, you know, she was, she was kind of off, off, off to the side. Well, 
you know, by the time she was a senior in high school, she was running the classes and I was off to the side. It was, it was, it was such a cool evolution to watch her grow in her self, you know, just self-confidence and, um, you know, being able to, uh, feel comfortable getting up and talking in front of a room of parents and then, you know, working with the kids and, uh, you know, just, um, it was so cool. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing that over the years and, um, you know, we were always together and always at the range or out hunting in the badlands and camping and stuff like that. So for me, it was, you know, my, my daddy's little girl, she was going to be at home. And now all of a sudden, you know, within a few weeks now it's a pivot and she's going to be halfway across the country. And I was, you know, it was a bit of a gut punch. I was like, man, you know, I know, I know deep down, this is the best thing for her. It's going to give her the best experience and the best opportunity to, to grow. And not only in her archery career, but just in life, right. You know, being on her own and, and, uh, I knew it was going to be the best thing for her, but Holy cow, is it hard? It's so, it was so hard to watch her go. I can relate. So yeah, hard. My daughters were, were always my best friends and, uh, yeah, especially my youngest daughter when she went in the military. Like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. So yeah, your daughter takes off goes to college, you know, part of you just left also. Yeah. Yeah. It's still hard today. I mean, I, you know, I, this is a, this has been great. You know, Ale's been home now for the holidays uh, for the last couple of weeks, and uh, she's going to have to head back here uh, Thursday. She's going back to Kentucky, and and I know she's going back to great things. You know, she's got a great circle of friends back there, and uh, um, she's got a good life, and and she loves her school and and all the things that you hope for. But you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little sad to see her go because it's just nice to have her have her home again. But um, it's- so Ayla, when you're when you're when you first went to college, um, how did that go? And what you're a junior in college now, is that correct? Yeah. Yep. So, so let's just touch a little bit there on, you know, what, what was the college life like, you know, going to classes, keeping up the academics, being a, uh, academic all American and also a strong archery competitor at the same time. Yeah. So freshman year, Freshman year at Union, um, it's like a blast from the past, you know, just thinking about it. It's like, oh, when I first got down there, I think that was probably the hardest adjustment I've ever had to make in my life just because, you know, you're around your parents for all your life. And now all of a sudden it's like they're dropping you off at college and it's like they're not staying there with you. Like they're going back home and you're down here. And so it was a really hard adjustment to make. But at that time, because COVID had kind of shifted some tournaments around, I was going to be able to see my dad after the first week of classes because there was a tournament that was really late that year. It was the classic for the ASA. And so I knew that I was going to be able to see my dad after the first week because he was going to be flying in Georgia and I was going to pick him up and we were going to head to Coleman or can't remember where it was that year, but so I had, I had, a, I held on to that, to that thought for like the longest time. Cause I was like, you know, my parents aren't going to be here, but I'm going to at least get to see my dad after the first week of classes and get to see him one more time before he goes home for a long time. So after that tournament and after we got back, it was, it was really hard just knowing that I wasn't going to be able to go home on the weekends like everybody else. 
But when I got down there, um, they had a like freshman welcome weekend. And so we got with a bunch of the other freshmen on campus and we did like activities together. And that's where I met one of my best friends, Zoe. She was on the soccer or she is on the soccer team at Union. And we still talk to this day almost every day. But that's that's kind of where my close friendship started was just meeting some of the other people that were in my class and it was nice too because some of the other archery people were that were freshmen were there as well that I could meet up with and get to know too so that was really fun but the first semester after getting in a routine and kind of just establishing everything it got easier as the days went on um And a lot of us freshmen would go hang out together outside of practice, too. So it was really nice just to have people around to go and do stuff with. Um, And that's how I met my friend Sarah, Sarah Morrow. uh, She's graduated now, but she is on the marketing team for Stan, um, the release company. And um, it turns out that she grew up in Binghamton, New York. Well, dad growing up in Montrose, that's literally like, what? 20 minutes down the road. So, I mean, we just, we connected right away. Yeah. We connected right away and we're still really good friends to this day. So, but just establishing myself. I was just going to say, talk, talk a little bit about, um, you know, so obviously you're not, you're not shooting at union anymore. You've been at the university of the Cumberlands for a while, but talk a little bit about that transition um, and how that season, you know, how you went from your first season uh, to where you are now. Yeah. So that, that all happened really fast too. Um, so we got back from outdoor nationals. I'll just kind of set the scene here. So we're coming, coming back from outdoor nationals, you know, for those of you that aren't aware, the union college, um, archery team had a bunch of stuff, uh, equipment stolen in California that year which was a big loss for us. Um, I happened to be one of those people that lost their equipment, but I wasn't, I wasn't as worse off as some of the other people on that team. But so that was, that was one thing that really gut punched all of us. But then when we got from a vehicle or something like that. Yeah. So we had um, one of our vans that we had rented in California got broken into where a bunch of us had equipment. And so, yeah, they had left their equipment in the van overnight instead of taking it into the hotel. And they, they, the, they got the van broken into. And I don't know, I think they were estimating somewhere between 40 and $50,000 worth of archery equipment walked away. I mean, entire cases full of, full of bows and arrows and releases and, um, you know, it was everything yeah. archery. What was really yeah. bad about that event too, was there was a couple of the kids on the team that had qualified to shoot the gold medal matches on Sunday and they had their stuff stolen on Saturday night. And so here's Sunday morning, they're trying oh, to no. cobble, they're borrowing bows and stabilizers and releases. So, you know, like I just felt so bad for those kids, you know, you would work, they had worked so hard to achieve, you know, to put themselves in the position to shoot in a gold medal match in a collegiate national tournament. And they've got to show up and shoot somebody else's bows and arrows. And, you know, it's not none of their stuff that's set up for them. 
you know, and they've got to go out on the field and try to cobble something together to shoot in a gold medal match like that. And I just felt, you know, like, uh, um, that was, I think that was the biggest part of the thievery in, in, in my opinion, you know, the equipment can be replaced, but to, to, to take that moment away from a kid that had worked so hard for it, I just, uh, just infuriating. But, so um, a thief and COVID are, are a lot alike. Right. Yeah. Takes away opportunities yeah. you'll never get back, right? Yeah. So after we got back from that trip, um, Cody had asked us to hang out by the trailer afterwards because he had an announcement to make. And at this point, it was like midnight in Kentucky. And so we had just driven from Nashville. So we were all just so tired and we were just emotionally exhausted too from the whirlwind of a trip that we had. Like we were all just ready to just go to sleep, come back in the morning and just pack up our stuff and go home. Well, Cody had announced that night that he was no longer going to be the coach at Union and that he was resigning. And so it was just one gut punch after another. I remember we were all just standing there in shock and we all, a lot of us just broke down and started crying because, you know, for me, I had only had one year with Cody and then there was fifth year seniors that were able to have five years with them. And so the fact that the coach that sought me out gave me an opportunity and took a chance on me was now no longer going to be there. And so I remember it was, yeah, it was close to midnight. It was like 1145 and I had called my dad and I was like, you're never going to believe what just happened. And I was like hyperventilating on the phone. Cause I was like, I was just feeling a, a rush of emotion. I didn't even know like how to think about it. And dad's trying to calm me down on the phone and figure out what's wrong. And I'm like, I'm just breaking down on the phone. And finally I get the words out that Cody quit. And I'm just like, I, I just, it was so much. And so that night after we had finally calmed down and just taken some breaths and were able to just get through the night, woke up the next morning and it felt like it was just all one big bad dream and it was not, it was, it was reality. <laughs> but at that point we had had, we had had a week, we had a week of time between coming back from nationals and then the London ASA. And so at that time it didn't make sense for me to drive all the way home just to have to drive all the way back. So I went and stayed with my boyfriend's family in North Carolina and we practiced up until the London ASA. And then when we came back, you know, we'd met up with a bunch of the union people and we were like, the questions were just coming from everywhere. So what are you going to do now? Like, are you going to stay? Are you going to transfer? Like what, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really have no idea. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I know that, you know, I had one of, one of the issues for me when Cody announced his resignation, um, the big question I had is, okay, well, who's stepping in to take over the program? Like what's happening with the program? And they had not named a new coach. They, um, it was it was a big question mark, and the, and I think the school was scrambling 
uh, in the background trying to figure out who they were going to backfill in that role. Um, there were several other kids that had already announced that they were transferring. It was just between the between the loss of the equipment, I wasn't super impressed initially anyway with the way that the school handled all of that when the, with, the, with the equipment loss for these kids. Um, and so I, my, my, I, I already had kind of had a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth a little bit. And I just told Ayla, I said, you know, um, I think it would be in your interest to start shopping around a little bit and to see what other opportunities may be out there for you. you. Because if it's not, you know, if we don't end up getting the answers that we're looking for at Union, um, options are always good. I said, you know, maybe at the end of the day, you stay put and you stay right where you're at, but options are good. So let's start, let's start having some conversations. Let's start talking to some other coaches and figure out what other options might be on the table for you. And, um, that's, uh, that's when, uh, we start, we got connected with, uh, coach Trebek, uh, from the Cumberlands and, you know, the Cumberlands, had just come off a national championship win there at Chula Vista. They have powerhouse team, um, you know, and uh, it was just down the road from Barberville where she was at at Union. She already knew several of the kids that were on the team, um, you know, from, from her other tournament experience and things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, I'll, I, I'll let you pick up the story from there, Ayla. Yeah. So after the London ASA was when I had kind of made the decision. I was like, I was like, I really, I was really apprehensive about transferring at this time. Cause I was like, man, I just started over. I had just started a new school. I had just began to establish myself. I had built up a really awesome friend group at union. Like, and I was like, now I have to decide whether I want to give all that up or just stay where I'm at and hope that they name a new coach. Well, I didn't like being a sitting duck, not knowing if there was even going to be a program tomorrow. And, um, so I, I had emailed Sterbeck because there's kind of like an initiation process that you have to do when you're wanting to talk to other coaches because, you know, the, the, the athletic director has to get involved and, certain people need to get notified and whatnot. So I had reached out to Strebeck and I had made the, I had made the move and said, you know, I'm interested in talking to you about transferring. Um, let me know when you contact the people you need to. And I would love to have a conversation about joining your team if there's an opening for me. And he really couldn't say much after that just because, you know, he has to contact everybody in his list. And, you know, so we go through that. So we're on the we're on the road back heading towards North Dakota. And I remember after Strebeck, you know, contacts everybody, we can actually have a conversation now. We can kind of start throwing some numbers around, you know, talking about, you know, what Cumberland's has to offer, what he has to offer as a coach and just kind of all the things. And so dad and I were in the car and we had had Strebeck on the phone, just playing on the speaker in the car and kind of talking. And sure enough, Strebeck was able to offer me a spot on the team. And I of course took it. Cause I was like, 
if this if he's got room for me on his giant team, th- I need to take this and run with it because I'm not going to get this opportunity tomorrow. And so I sent him all of my FAFSA information and he was able to come back with a number and was able to offer me a scholarship, which was amazing. And so from that point on, after that phone call, I was, you know, applying for housing at Cumberland's, you know, getting all the stuff I needed to and just making that switch. But it, it, it was another big gut punch for me because I had really established myself at Union and I had, you know, my friend Zoe and like all of the girls that I had made friends with in the dorm, you know, like I hated leaving them because we had such an amazing friend group and we were always just going somewhere and doing something and just having a good time. But Zoe and I were the same major. And so we were just going to be connected at the hip all through nursing school and just, you know, get through it together. And now I'm leaving and it's like, I just got one place and now I'm going to another new place. And so it was, it was very hard for me to have to like go through and transfer to Cumberland's. But at the end of the day, it's what I needed to do to better my archery and academic career. And so if I had to go back and do it all over again, I would have, I would have done it over again. You've had some really tough things to go through and, part of it is just your your age um yeah. the, the the covid thing i think started off and i mean covid was so hard on adults i couldn't imagine being you know in high school and trying to get ready to go to college when all that took place i mean just my gosh but yeah you had some gut punches along the way and so so now you've been at cumberland's which is an absolute powerhouse of a team there, there's nobody can deny that. I mean, I coach at another college team, and I, man, Cumberland's is like they—they are just just an absolute powerhouse. And man, it's just you are so blessed to be part of that program right now. And yeah, so so I so you, you got got through all your 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 troubled spots in life. You know the 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 COVID moving away from home. You know thousands thousand plus miles away from home, being away from your family. Again, you guys are a tight family. Uh, then switching colleges. What what have you done that's made you stick with it, and to be the champion that you are through all, through all the adversity? What has kept you focused? Well, the fact that I was joining, just like you had mentioned, a powerhouse of a team. I knew that, you know, I wanted to not only prove to myself, but prove to Strebeck and Caleb who gave me the opportunity. I wanted to prove to them that they made the right choice. And one thing that I, I remind myself of just to keep, keep that spark going and to keep pushing through all the adversity and to just keep pushing through the challenges is that, you know, Strebeck and Caleb didn't have to give me that spot. They could have easily said, you know, our team's full. We can't accept any new transfers. Like, yeah, that, that would have been great for me. <laughs> <laughs> they could have easily, they could have easily had said, you know, I'm sorry, but I can't offer you a spot. But the fact that they were able to have a spot for me and take a chance on me and give me the opportunity, I just, I'm thankful for every single day that I'm there shooting on that team. And so I wanted to, I wanted to step up and 
prove to myself and the coaches that they made the right choice in putting me on the team. And so one thing that a lot of people don't realize um, when you're transferring to different schools within the Mid-South Conference, as a conference rule, you have to sit out for a year, a calendar, like a whole year. You have to sit out from shooting conference. And so when I transferred from Union to Cumberland's, I wasn't able to participate in 3D conference, indoor conference, or outdoor conference. Which was really hard because Mid-South Conference is one of my favorite tournaments to shoot because that's where your team rounds are, that's where your mixed teams are, like that's where like a majority of the events are. Like I can shoot the regional side, but I just can't shoot conference. And so even if I'm the top qualifier, I still get pulled at the end of the day. And so not being eligible last year to shoot conference was very hard for me to sit out and watch because I wanted to be right there shooting in team rounds. I wanted to be in the top five shoot down. I wanted to be shooting mixed teams. Like I wanted to be there. And so it was a very hard pill to swallow, but at the same time, it kind of worked out well for me academics-wise, because I was starting nursing school. I was in the program. I was getting knee-deep in clinicals. Like, it couldn't have happened at a better time. And so I just have to kind of think about it that way as well. But um, now that I'm able to shoot conference and now that I'm able to – I'm just eligible to shoot everything – I I made it a mission this year to put in the work and to put in the time so that I can be at the top because last year I was right there qualifying and I was getting pulled. But that's that's how I wanted to do it last year too. Like I wanted to have to make Strebeck pull me from team rounds. I wanted to make him have to pull me from mixed teams. Like I wanted him to get so furiated that he would have to pull me from those events because I shot that good. And so that's how I kind of went about my mental game last year was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make it to where he has to pull me. And so this year, now that he doesn't have to pull me from those events, I'm able to just shoot to the best of my abilities and try to get up there and just shoot my way to the top. And so I just try to focus my mindset on pushing myself to just make those, to, to get that drive there and to push myself. So um, and you've done a phenomenal job of doing that. My gosh, you. I know I know when I bump into you at like the collegiate 3D nationals, it's like, oh man. I mean, I, I wish you the absolute best. And I know you're getting ready to just smoke my team at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so you've you've come a long ways. And I just uh, say there was a uh, ahead, you know, Bill. I think this year, um was a the the thing that stood out for me uh, when I look across all of her accomplishments for the 2023 season. What I think uh, was the biggest breakthrough for her was at the uh, regional tournament. So she qualifies. So at the regional 3D, we're talking about 3D. Uh, at the regional tournament, she qualified. Were you the fourth fourth place qualifier? I was the yeah, so I was the number. F- I took fourth for the regional and, side, and they only it. take and they take the so, top five qualify for the shoot off, right? So in the yes. in the regional tournament, she qualified fourth, and and the way that they 
work it at regionals is it everybody starts at zero so it's not cumulative when you go into the shoot off if you qualify for the shoot off they start the shoot off at zero so everybody you know if you came yeah. into the shoot off with a 30 point lead yep it's a clean slate they wipe it clean, clean slate. well ayla qualified in that fourth place slot out of five and she ended up winning it so and she won it definitively to the point where on her last target she only had to hit foam to win. Now she didn't know that at the time, and she almost twelve that last target. It was doggone close, but uh, you know she she shot amazing. And that was that tournament was just a couple weeks before Outdoor Nationals in Foley. Um, it was just a few mm -hmm. weeks that separated yeah. the two. So I mean that was a gigantic confidence booster because you know she's out there in any shoot off situation right i mean there's a couple there's a couple hundred college kids standing around and you're you know you're standing out in the middle of the field everybody's watching everything and uh you know that was a big moment for her uh to stand in there and just pound them um and then so carrying that wave of confidence into outdoor nationals um you know, and we had weather events down there fully, you know, that we had that rain and it was, it was kind of nasty there and she just kept powering through. Um, but, um, yeah, to, and then, so for Foley, they only take the top three for the shoot off. Yes. Um, and so she found herself as the number one qualifier going into the Foley shoot off and, uh, and she, she got she got through that as well. And I, I think those were, those are really, I thought big defining moments for you, because I think those, that was the first time uh, you had really found yourself in those shoot off situations like that. Um, so. Yeah. Well, you've done a phenomenal job. I said, I, I, I personally was blessed to be able to stand behind you and, and watch you shoot at, at the collegiate 3d nationals. And, Man, you're just so calm and look like you're just in control of everything. So I mean, I know on the inside we like we're getting ready to throw up, but man, you were just you look like you were in just such control and and you shot like you were in control. So I mean that's that's the cool part. Yeah, I thought I was literally going to poop my pants in both of those situations. <laughs> I mean, I can't I can't describe to you like the feeling that you get when you're in that position because like I kept asking people after, especially after conference, because, you know, conference was my first, that was the first like pressure position that I've been put in. And to make matters like that much more, not worse, but just to make emotions more heightened, we, uh, Tanya Guillantine and Braden Guillantine had come to our uh, conference tournament and they were like our arrow judges or like just, you know, the arrow callers for our shoot downs and stuff. And so, you know, you've got like actual professional shooters coming and watching this rinky dink collegiate tournament happen. And it's like, um, okay. <laughs> so if I wasn't nervous, then I'm definitely nervous now. <laughs> and so it was really cool to have them there because I, w none of us were expecting them to come, but that kind of flipped a switch in me too. I was like, you know, 
these are people that hold a lot of weight in the archery community and in the archery world. And it's like, maybe they're coming to this rinky dink little collegiate tournament, but it's like, you know, if you're, if you're making the moves to put yourself at the top, I mean, they might remember your name. So it's like, you kind of want to do good because these people might remember who you are at the end of the day, if you're coming to them and looking at contracts and stuff. So it put it put a little more pressure on the conference side of things for for sure. Yeah, I was just gonna say, just it's, it's a compliment to you though. <clears throat> it shows who you are, your your mental stability in in the competition side of things. Because when you when you have that pressure, and you can still shoot well on top of it, that that says a lot. So, excellent job, proud of you. Thank you, thank you. So we're we're gonna have to do this again sometime. Bring you back on. We didn't even get into any of your hunting stories or anything. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting ready to start the 2024 uh, competition season here it starts another month and uh so it, it's gonna be interesting to follow you some more i mean you still got you know two years of we got this year and your full uh, full next year of, of your college career to even yeah. watch you some more and uh just excited to see where you're gonna go yeah. all right joe you got anything yeah, else to add? yeah yeah, no. I was just gonna say I was. I'm. I'm interested to hear uh, a little uh, about uh, what what your what are you, what are your goals for 24? How you know as you look on the season coming up, coming off coming off of such a wave of success in 23, you know wh- what's your mindset coming into this 24 season? One of the biggest things, I'm. It's kind of hard because I don't set like necessarily specific goals, but I always say to myself for the years, like coming off of seasons, like I've had, I always just want to do better than the last, you know, even, even winning conference and winning nationals, you know, even if you've shot the best you could, you still want to do better. And so I just, I want to just try to do better than the year before and just strive to just work harder shoot better, shoot more, and just do better than the year past. So. Yeah. Yep. Well, I personally look forward to watching you on the range and seeing how you do again. Well, thank you. Well, with that being said, Ayla would like to thank you again for spending some time with us and telling some of your story and letting us uh, get in the mind of a, uh, collegiate national champion so again really proud of your accomplishments thank you it was it was fun being here we would like to thank you for listening to wild arrow outdoors if you have any questions or comments you may email us at wild od at gmail.com wild od at gmail.com look forward to hearing from you work hard say your prayers We'll talk to you soon.